am sure, I am, I am sure that, that if my wife would find herself with, 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 with Kendall dead on her knees, the first thing she can do is call me. Raj, Kendall isn't breathing. If you find yourself with a dead child on your knees, what would you do? How would you feel? Especially if it's the only one. I'm sure that any mother that would find themselves in such a predicament would be heartbroken and would be totally distraught. And the reason she would feel that way is because the love she has for her child. Listen up, Pastor Webster speaks to us about the love of a mother. I was raised by my grandmother, who did no less than to show her love and the love of a mother to me. There's some things that I've learned from Mammy, I used to call her, which is my grandmother. And later on, learned from my biological mother. So I've learned from both of them. The love of a mother causes her to always believe and never give up on her children. Are you with me? The love of a mother would cause her to always believe and never to give up on her children. A mother always wants the best for her child. A mother seeks the welfare of her child. She always wants her child to be alive, healthy, and well. A loving mother is a, the source of inspiration. She is very tolerant when it comes to her children. Kind, forgiven, understanding. The love of a mother for her children. I don't believe that I can describe it in words. You probably can. I don't believe that I can. Husbands, if you think that your wife loves you, Hmm. Don't make her have to choose between you and her children. <laughs> or you say, I come first. Yeah, you, you give that a try and you can see what happened. <laughs> Don't make her have to choose between you and her child. Here is a mother in this passage of scripture who demonstrated her love for her child. We're going to notice some things about this woman who became the most caring mother that you can think of. The first thing I want you to notice today about this woman that she was a great woman. We're going to come to the mother part in a little while. She was a great woman. If you look at verse 8, the Bible said something. And it fell on the day that Elisha passed to Shunem. Where was a, come on, are you with me, church? Where was a, you first of all got to notice that. If somebody say you great, you can say that's ain't no problem. But if the word of God says that you great, you are great. So the Bible said that she was a great woman. 
It was this woman that recognized that this man, Elisha, needed help. The Bible says, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often, or we would say as often as he would pass by, he turned him to the to eat bread. In other words, when he's on his way home, there would always be a stop, the man of God, there would always be a place where he would stop and find something to eat. And guess where this would be? This would right be with this great woman. She was the woman who recognized the daily passing of Elisha. She made it her business to have food for herself, her husband, no doubt the servants, and like my old grandmother would say, put a little extra rice in the pot because you don't know who will pass by. So she had the extras for the man of God. She is the one. Remember, there's a husband and a wife at home. Watch this. She is the one who constrained the man of God to come to the house. Not the husband. To constrain is to force or to do something that you're really not willing to do. So she constrained this man to stop by and to eat. She is the one who recognized this man of God as a holy man of God. Look at verse number 9. In verse number 9, the Bible says, And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God which passeth by us continually. She did not say that about this man the first time she met him. She waited until she can prove what she was saying before she announced that this is a holy man of God. The question is, what caused her to recognize him as such? In all honesty, the Bible did not say it. I haven't found it in the text. But my mind began to wonder, here is this man passing by your house, he's in your company, and you are observing some things about him. Could it be that the man was filled with manners? Could it be? Could it be because before he would eat her food, Sister Collins, he would pray? Could it be? Could it be that he was very grateful after receiving? It could be that and a lot of other things added to that. But I believe his lifestyle. It was not the husband who recognized 
this holy man of God. You, you, you'll want to believe that there's a man coming to the house and the husband would be the one to recognize what type of man coming to the house. But she was the one who recognized and said to her husband, this is a, not only a man of God, this is a holy man of God. She begged her husband. We can come to the mother in a little bit. Boy, this is a great woman. She begged her husband. Let's take him in. Look at verse 10. She said to her husband, let us make him a little chamber. She didn't say, you go build him a little chamber. She said, let us, boy, boy, there's some great women in the world. There's some, there, whether, you think, whether you think so or not, man, if you don't think so, it's hard for you. There are some great women in the world. And, and, and wherever you see a good man stands behind him is a great woman. Watch this. She said, let us make a little chamber. The woman is speaking. I pray thee. Who is she, who she begging? The husband. She says, I pray thee on the wall. She already got it determined where she wants the chamber to be. Let us make him a little chamber on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed. What else? And a table. And a stool. And a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Mm. I thought maybe he was living far. Are you with me? He maybe was living... Because if, if he were living close, if he had his own little place close, what would be the sense of building him a room? So he probably was, he had a long way to travel, and every day he had to travel this way, twice a day, forward and backward. And she said, let's build him a little place. Most likely the man of God had no place of his own. What was the result? In verse number 11, down to verse number 17. Let me get this and then jump to the mother. In verse number 11, the Bible says, and it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Between number, uh, verse 10 and verse number 11, they done bill it. The husband agreed. They done bill it. They done got a table in. They got a stool. They got a candle. They got every, the bed, everything. And he's passing now. I got a little gift for you. And he turned in. And he said to, his, said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shumamite woman. And when he called her, she stood before him. Watch this. Watch this. He wanted to reward the woman for what she did for him. What a man of God. What a man of God. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. Have you noticed? It is, the room is not just for the man of God. His servant is also accommodated. He said, what is to be done for thee? Would hast thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the horse? And she answered, I'm satisfied with where I am. I dwell among mine own people. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, 
verily, she has no child. And the possibility of her getting any trouble, any children, is slim. Fellow finished with that long time ago. Husband is old. And the man of God said, call her. And when he called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. Wow. And she said, <laughs> don't fool me. Nay, my Lord. Thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. Even though she believed that he was a man of God, she believed that he could tell lies. <laughs> but between that verse and the next verse, it seems like they took nine months at least to write. He said, well, this time it took a year. One year to write the next verse, look like. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Elisha wished to reward this woman for her hospitality. The result was nothing less than what she would have loved to have a son. Now she is a mother. Are you with me? Before, great woman of God. Now, she's a mother. So let's pick it up. Let's pick up from when her son is grown. She now has a grown son. Point number two. In verse number 18, the scripture said something. And when the child was Grown. That's what we want to talk about, her grown son. What happened? It fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. This child was well enough. He was grown. He was big enough to go into the field where his father was. Matter of fact, maybe he felt like he wanted to spend the day in the field with daddy and help daddy walk today. So he gone to the field. Oh, probably he took something to the field for daddy to eat. I don't know exactly why he went, but he went to the field. He was there. Maybe he was walking in the field uh, along his father. But something happened. He reached to his daddy. And when he reached to his daddy, something happened according to verse number 19. <clears throat> in verse number 19, here's what the scripture says. And he said unto his father, Are you with me? The lad is in the field with his dad. And he's saying unto his father, My head. My head. As I started this, it could have been that this young man was out there in the sun. And many commentators conclude that he got a sunstroke. Can I believe it? But he complained to his daddy. He said, Daddy, I'm feeling good. He said, Daddy, and the pain is in my head, my head, my head, Daddy. He couldn't do any more work if he was working. 
Notice the response of the father. Any fathers in the house? Let me see your hand. Oh, somebody ain't no fathers now. Because you see the verse of scripture. Hey. Watch this. And he said to the lad, not to the son, he said to the lad, do what? Carry him to his mother. I oftentimes say, when he's a good child, he's my child. When he ain't a good child, he's your child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when, when mom got, when mom come from the hospital with, these, with this little baby, woo, it makes the place smell nice. Makes the place feel nice. And oh, how every time we get a little chance, let me hold him now, let me hold him now. But when 12 o'clock in the night, when he start crying, that's the hardest time the fathers know. You, you shook your head. You say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of a sudden, he fast asleep, yeah. Hearing the child cry, but all of a sudden, now he wants the mother to get up to look at the child. Some fathers are so bold. Some are so bold, they say, you ain't hear the child crying? Help them, Lord. Help us, Lord. <laughs> Uh, but notice what the father did. He sent him home to his mother. Watch this. When the child was grown. The next verse said, And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knee till noon. I could only imagine how she sat down. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the sweet top. I got it right. When the wind broke, the cradle will rock. And she would sing, and she would sing. And by this time, she must have, she must have had all of those diapers dung wet, tied around his head with all the headache bush and rub him up with more castor oil and whatever Canadian healing oil and whatever oil she could have found. She must have done everything that she could do, but she stopped doing everything else. And guess what she's doing? She's just taking care of her son. Now watch this. You can do very little when a grown son laid across your knees. Very little. She stopped everything that she was doing. Why? Because of the love of a mother. Had you ever noticed that everybody seems to be getting the same amount of care, but as soon as one gets sick, no care for you, husband? No care for the other children, but just this one child is getting all the care, and so it is here now. It's the only one she got. But watch this now. It's one thing for you to be rocking your living son while he's alive. Watch, watch. It's something else when you go to the hospital and the doctors tell you that he didn't make it. But it's another story when you got him on your knee and father is not home and husband is not home. There are no more children in the house. The servants are not home. They're out in the field and they're going to come home in a little while. And he dies on your knee. How she knew he died? She must have been checking him. But he died. And by this time, daddy is home. Mm. 
You see, his sickness caused his death. No, it is amazing that Gehazi did not pay attention to this. Look at verse number 20, verse 31, and verse number 32. In verse number 20, the Bible says, and when, he had, and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. He is dead. Look at verse 31. 31. And Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff upon the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Watch this now. Watch this carefully. Wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awake. He didn't even know what he was dealing with. Maybe he, he thought the child had gone in a coma. But in verse number 32, the Bible says, And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead. Mm. May I stop today and explain to you the spiritual condition of our children that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? May I stop? If you really love you, 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 you said this mother, this mother, she, she, she was right. And I'm going to share with you what she did. You said this mother was right because her child is dead. It's the only child she got. And who would not want their child to be alive? But may I stop and share with you today the spiritual condition of your children? Every boy, every girl who is not saved, who is not born again, the scripture said, they are dead. Our children that are not saved may be morally upright. Our children that are not saved may be good. Our children that are unsaved may be educated. Our children that are not saved may be respectable. Our children that are not saved may be filled with manners. But if they are not saved, they are dead. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. First John chapter number 5, verse number 11 and verse number 12. First John chapter 5, verse number 11 and verse number 12, he says, And this is the record that God had given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Verse number 12, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God is dead. Hath not life. We are born into sin. I said to you today that your children that do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, even us, we were born into sin. In, in Psalms 51 and verse number 5, here's what the scripture says. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. We don't have to come out of our mother's womb to be sinners. We are not only born into sin, but we are dead in sin. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 1, here's what the scripture says. And you had he quickened, 
Speaking to the believer, the, the, the one who trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, he said, and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sin. You see, one remains in that state until he or she receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And whether you are a child here today or not, if you are an adult and you do not know Jesus Christ, the same goes for you. In John chapter number 3 and verse number 36, here's what the scripture says. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. I love that. Praise the Lord. He says, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. You say, but pastor, pastor, I believe in God. Pastor, I believe that there is a Jesus. The devils believe and tremble. It doesn't mean because you have a, a head knowledge because you know that there is a God that you are saved. No, you must believe in God to the point that you will do something about it. I believe that this chair would keep me up and because of that, I would sit in it. We got to do something. The Savior is seeking the children. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 to 11. But look at verse number 11. Just give me verse number 11. I know time uh, running out on me. Just look at Matthew. Verse 11 of Matthew chapter 18. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. If one do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that one is lost. Be it my son, your son, your daughter, whoever daughter, whoever son, they are lost and they're heading to a Christless eternity. If you find yourself with a dead son on your knees, what would you do? Come on, mothers, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. If you find yourself with your only dead son on your knees, what would you do? I am sure, I am, I am sure that, that if my wife would find herself with, 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 with Kendall dead on her knees, the first thing she can do is call me. Raj, Kendall isn't breathing. If you find yourself with a dead child on your knees, what would you do? How would you feel? Especially if it's the only one. Do you have a dead child? Or maybe dead children? In the passage we just heard from Pastor Webster's message, he spoke about a child that was physically dead. But the question is, spiritually speaking, are your children dead? If you'd like some help with that, some prayer with that, or some direction, please let us know. You could call us at 1-721-548-4325. Or send us an email at info at gnbcnetwork.org. That's info at gnbcnetwork.org.